Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter of Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson, glad to have you with us tonight uh, Looking forward to some good talk, discover some things uh, Might have to bear with me a little bit, I'm driving the driving tonight I'm going Late, so uh, might be a little static at times, but we're going to try our best to do the best we can to get through here. Um, man, every time I, I don't know if all y'all can hear the song that plays before we come on or not, but man, every time I hear it, it gives me cold chills just thinking thinking about playing back when I played, and, you know, the excitement some of these girls really get to. That uh, when they take the field and practice, and, you know it's it's amazing that um, how when you're building a team and organization, and you know it's something we talked about last week a little bit. That, you know it, it it is baby steps. And, you know even for the phone call, it's stuff to to keep these girls interested and to keep them uh, hungry and to keep them wanting to. Wanting and liking to practice, and that's one thing that's really tough and really important to me. And you know, we talk about the product, you know, being good in our league. And they, you know, like they return 30 players, and that's amazing. And um, I haven't talked to Coach this year, but when I have talked to him in the past, they get a lot of practice, and uh, that, that's really important to me because that means that. You know, you you like what you know. You like what you're doing. I know people have jobs. Listen, I'm, I'm no different. You know, I'm I'm working the night myself, and I understand it happens. But you know, it's all possible when you when you can be there. It's so important. And and I think a lot of these girls are really starting to figure that out. Some that you know, especially that we've had from other teams or or this new girls that have never played before and some of them never even been involved in sports. You know, so they're not they don't understand the importance of being in practice, being there on time and what you what you miss when you're not there. You know, now when you've played a long time, you can sort of fumble your way through it and it ain't there as bad when you miss, but when you're new to uh sport and you're late getting to the team, stuff of that nature. You've got to be there. And uh, I, I'm really, really liking uh, what we've got going on with our team this year. You know, win, lose, or draw, come the end. I'm, I'm proud of these girls of where we come from and what we stand for. And uh, no matter no matter what happens, we've, we've gotten a lot better. And that means... Is, is what you got to do. It's better every single year. And I know uh, from our first year to our second year, we started our first year was just amazing. And our second year, uh, I thought it was going to be a really good year. We had a lot of talent. And after two games, we had six or seven girls just get hurt. Uh, some get, got scared, just never came back. We sort of took a step backwards at that point. And, you know, it was at that point that we decided right then and there, hey, we've got to really change stuff. And I was already, you know, uh, after our first year, you know, I, I, we went through a lot of players because I was already that person, 
you know, hey, you need to be here, you can't be and that scared a lot of us. But after our second year, we really had to find, you know, again, what we're about, man. Uh, we don't get all these star athletes, world-class sprinters, stuff that all these other teams do, and we just have to take what we got and make it work. And those girls have to be be there all the time for that to work for us. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's paid off. We've gotten better each year. That's the second year when we fail, and that be, that's all you can do, um, you know, Winning games is just great. You know, you can't each year the competition varies up and down. Last year we had a really tough schedule, and I thought we had a better team than we did when we won the championship, but we played better teams last year. And there were some really good teams that beat us, and uh, there's still some good teams uh, out there that, uh, you know, they're going to challenge us and uh, maybe beat us. Who knows what's going to happen then. But the fact that we're getting better and we're gaining ground on exactly what we want to do. Uh, like I said, we can't control, um, you know, who we get. You know, we we try to get everybody that, that we can, but in the end, you know, you can only do so much of that with, with the people you got. And I'm going to tell you that the girls we got right now really, really like it, and uh, they like to practice. They... You know, I just had a message from one today, you know, wanting to know, hey, we're going to do any extra practice this week. I need to I need to get better, you know. When practice was over the other day, hey, you know, when can we practice some more? We need, you know, I need to get better. That, that's the kind of stuff you like to hear. You know, that's the kind of stuff, you know, when you do hear, you're headed in the right direction. And it means a lot to me uh, as a coach as the owner of this organization, to know that, you know, these girls are taking it as serious as I take. Now, I, I said one time, a long time ago, that if, if you know, I, when I want it more than you want it, there's something wrong. And now, you know, it's starting to be, hey, they want it just as bad or, or worse. And that's that's a good thing. And, that's, you know, that's how all these really good teams keep building and keep surviving and, and playing at the highest level year after year is getting these return players where they don't have to keep putting new people in positions and, uh, that are not ready or things of that nature. So I'm proud I'm proud of the girls we've got for uh, hanging in there and learning and getting better. And like I said, we've got some girls that, you know, that uh, that are joined the team late, uh, their football knowledge is not what the rest of the girls are, uh, but they're coming on and, you know, working hard, not making excuses about it. And that, that's how you get better. And, uh, you know, we're no different than any other team. Nobody's feeling sorry for us, and I, should, and I don't want them to, because I don't feel sorry for anybody else. You know, when I uh, talk to some of these teams, you know, that was a big thing is, you know, it, it's up to the owners and, and it trickles downhill it's up to the owners and the coaches to to get all this in line. I mean, players, you know, some of them are going to uh, do everything they can to be good, but I know as a player myself, even in school, it's hard to challenge yourself. It's hard to go to a gym by yourself. It's hard to get out here and do things by yourself. And I, I know that all too well, and, uh, you know, we're – uh, trying to trying to change that. We're you know, like I say, we're sure giving it a good shot. Things are going a lot better uh, for us as a, as a team, uh, not just you know a few individuals. And, and uh, to me, that that's what you want to do. So I, I'm happy, you know, with what I've seen and uh, uh, from our girls are getting better because. This women's football has changed so much since I've uh, been introduced to it. It's not even funny. I mean, I remember back when I first seen it, and it was, you know, it's just so much different than it is now. Because everything that that I've seen at, at that point when I first laid my eyes on it, that when I had visions of what I wanted to do, everybody at that point said, oh, no, it'll never happen. Well, now things 
that I have visions that I want to do, everybody's doing it because everybody wants to win. You know, now everybody's starting to get athletes. You know, starting to get world-class sprinters and speed and past the serials and leagues and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you better be practicing. You better be ready to start playing these teams because if you're not, they're going to blow your doors off. And uh, that's, that's certainly what's been happening, you know, over the last several years up and all uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's good to see because I think the seriousness of it is something that's been lacking. And uh, it still is in some areas and it still is in some teams. But for the most part, we're, we're starting to get it right. We're starting to change the culture and change the uh, way these girls practice, play, and think. And, uh, you know, they're starting to be more athletes in it, more girls training hard. Our girls studying film and, you know, that kind of stuff. Because I, I'm telling you, when I first was introduced to it, there was, you know, there was really no athlete that I've seen play, some out there, some that I haven't seen play. And uh, so that's, um, that is something that is, is good. It's changing, and I'm, and I'm excited for it. I did. I did get to watch a few games uh, at different times this past weekend. Uh, we started out watching the Pumas versus the Hippies, but the, the live stream kept going away and all that. And I couldn't stand it, so we we went away from that time to time and uh, watched part of the DC Divas play a, a team from uh, uh, Florida, Tampa Bay, I believe, maybe. I'm sure, but it was one of those teams down there. And, uh, man, the, the Divas are playing in an inside facility. Up there. I mean, a nice, nice facility. Uh, very, uh, you know, I, I've seen them, and me and Jim are sitting there watching it. And, and uh, you know, I would, if I was guessing, I'd say they're in the top five, top five, top, top six teams in, in all of women's football. And, uh, you know, they they had some some plays that I I was just questioning. You know, as as a fan, I I wouldn't watch that coach, but as a fan of women's football, I was just you know like, well, you know, even the even the better teams struggle at at certain things, and uh, you know, drop packs. I've seen a couple of girls drop wide open packs. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, you know, kickoff return, they scored once. Run a kickoff return back to the, uh, 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 the 50 of the Divas. And, uh, you know, that was maybe even a 45. I know the announcer was one of the girls that had played there before. And she said, that, you know, hey, that's not what you want. We got to clean that up. So, you know, even the better teams out there, uh, they they have their problems as well, and uh, you know, and they and I'm sure, like I said, they're playing in a facility that's set none. Who knows how much uh, practice they get in? I don't even know how many players they had. They had a bunch, but you know, and, and I don't know how many returning players they had. But all I'm saying is, for those big teams to, you know, people say they stroke, but. You know they did have they did have some problems. They did go through some things that wasn't near as as, uh, as good as I thought maybe it would be when when we turned it on to watch it. So um, and and you know what maybe that's just because everybody's getting better. You know maybe it's uh, just because there's so so much uh, you know years in the past they were so much better than everybody else. And and I think they end up dominating the game, but when we turned it on, it was it was like a, a two-score game at that time, so it wasn't like they were just uh, running off with it, but I, in the end, I believe they did, but, uh, you know, so there's, there's, there's ground to be made up, definitely, but we're still gaining ground, you know, and, and these small market teams, small area teams, they... They struggle because, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the Divas quarterback 
uh, in the last couple of years was, uh, you know, with somebody else and moved on to retire. <laughs> They've got a girl there now that, <coughs> she, that looks like she's, uh, you know, doing a doing a fine job. So, you know, it, 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 I understand it's a tough situation. Even, even when you're on a big team, the struggles are there. You know, and that just showed me, you know, proved to me yesterday, or Saturday, I'm sorry, not yesterday, but Saturday when I was watching, watching that, that, you know, it, it exactly is is uh, that, that not everybody, you know, it's not just a sample, it's, oh, yeah, everybody's just, you know, rolling and, and uh, nobody's having struggles, but um, so it I was glad to see it. I mean, not like you said, not that they had any problem, but just to know that even the best teams out there sort of are in the same situation as everybody else, that, you know, everything is not just perfect. And, uh, and that's the thing I took away the most from from that game. And, you know, and like I said, I, I'm not sure who the – I know it was a Tampa team, but I'm not sure, you know, what caliber team they are or anything else. But I know from the time we had turned it on, they for sure had had at least scored. I know that to be a fact because it, it was like a two-score game. So that in itself is, uh, you know, if you're playing up and you're playing the DCD, and like I said, they're probably at least – in the top six teams in all of women's football, then to me, uh, that's a win for you. So uh, that, that's what I took away from, from that game. And uh, what I did see of the Pumas and the, the Hippies is, you know, a lot of mistakes. I mean, a lot of turnovers, a, a, just a lot of a lot of mistakes. It was a really sloppy game, to be honest with you. And uh, that didn't. You know, what we did see of it was just sloppy. And then the, the live feed was, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was raining or what, but it, it just kept going off. So uh, I didn't watch it. I, I do know that uh, Bill Pierce went to Boston Prodigy and, uh, from what I gather, put up a good fight early and just run out of gas as the game went on. The Prodigy ended up uh, beating the power out of them, I think, like 70 to nothing maybe. Uh, and then the uh, West Virginia Wildfire went to the Hampton Roads Lady Gators, and uh, they went shorthanded as well. And that's that's for sure a team you don't want to go uh, too shorthanded. And I think they got beat 74 to six or something maybe. So uh, you know, definitely you you got to get girls ready to play, and that's you know what I'm saying when. When I'm talking about that, that's your duties. You know, you you say you got 20 players on your roster. How many you get at practice? You know, how many ever you get at practice on a regular basis? That's how many you got. And if you ain't getting up there, if you got 20, you ain't getting 15 at practice. And you're going to play teams like uh, the Gators, the Lady Gators. You're in trouble, man. I'm telling you, you're in trouble. You know, same way you're going to play the Prodigy. Uh, the the soft, uh any of these teams that uh, that can play, and then they have uh, several players that show up for practice. You know, you're you're in a bad situation, and uh, that's that's where that's what I'm talking about about turning the corner for for all these organizations. Uh, the seriousness starts from the upper from the upper management down to you know the coaches to the players. And uh, all that, so it, there's a there's a lot that has to take place, and uh, you know I'm I'm guilty of myself uh, because I I want I want everybody to practice all the time, and uh, you know I know that's probably not feasible until you know you can uh, you know at least supplement these girls some way somehow or or something changes. So uh, I do I do feel like that, you know, if, if if it ever happens that, you know, even if these girls can, you know, 
ever get a maybe some kind of supplement, just do part time jobs or something, you know, there's a chance it may happen. But other than that, the fact that you're gonna get a hundred percent of practice on a regular basis, it it's not gonna happen because, you know, people like myself even, you know, we're uh, I could practice with if we practiced on Tuesday I'd be missing it tonight. You know, so it's it's a tough situation. So um Another thing I want to talk about, I know uh, several, well, it's probably been a couple months ago maybe, we were talking about this uh, replay stuff. It may have even been more than that, you know, and um, it really two things, the replay, when, when I talk, talked about it at that point is, is I feel that, you know, I felt like the coaches ought to be able to challenge any call, period, penalty, any call or whatever, I think you ought to have, you know, one, at least one play that you can challenge a, a penalty on or whatever. Uh, then it, you know, then it became the the non-call and the New Orleans game and all that. Well, I still stand on that because I'm a firm believer that the multitude that sports has became to now and every Every win is so important. I mean, not just in the women's sports, but more so in women's because you don't play as many games. But in any league, that you know, these wins are so important. So I'm for getting right. So if anybody watched the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, and I'm I'm a huge horse race fan, uh, I, I actually love it. You know, and never been to the Derby. Jennifer would love to go there. Um, we do love to go to horse racing. We go to Charlestown, West Virginia, Nopalusa, Louisiana, uh, to watch thoroughbreds run, and we really, really enjoy it. So as a racing fan, as a sports fan, and a horse lover and all that, if you didn't watch the Kentucky Derby, you you missed a good race. But what happened in the end was they disqualified the winning horse which moved to second, third, and fourth place horses up to first, second, third. Well, what what happened was is, you know, first of all, you have to understand if, if you're, and a lot of people probably don't understand this, if you're not a horse person or you don't compete on horses or anything like that, first of all, those horses are flying. I mean, you get down there on one of those tracks, even at some of these tracks we go to, and when they come by you, they are flying, people. I'm telling you, they're hauling the mail. Then you get these jockeys up there on little old bitty saddles. I'm telling you, that they ain't bigger than a, I mean, they don't weigh anything. Those horses, those thoroughbreds, they don't have uh, a good handle on them. And when I say that is, you know, you notice that they're always, uh, when they're ponying them and, and when after the race they go get them and all that kind of stuff, is they're not broke like what our horses are broke. You know, when I when I talk about performance horses, I mean, every horse we got, you can take and ride with one finger and, and they're broke. Well, these thoroughbreds, all they train them to do is run. So you can't, they're, they're out of control most of the time. So first of all, you got to take that into consideration. Another thing you got to take into consideration: they're three-year-olds. Okay, most people don't even start riding uh, quarter horses or performance horses until they get to be three. By the time these horses get to that race, they've been rode for a year just in training, and all they do is run. Okay, so then you take and you put them in that track, and, and they're flying through there and and they're going around these corners tight, and, folks, it is muddy. I know everybody says, oh, that ain't no big deal. It is a big deal. And when you're going that fast and you go around one of them turns, I know somewhere, they, somewhere I'm not sure, they had a horse uh, wreck and it uh, raced, and they wrecked, and it killed a bunch of the horses. And I'm going to tell you something. That first horse that they disqualified, it did cross over some lanes, no no doubt about it. I would never disagree that. I watched all the replays like everybody else. 
here's what I'm going to say. If that horse slips going into that curb, they have a huge crash on their hand, okay, because that right there would have been a disaster. So it is muddy, muddy, muddy. These horses are young. They don't have uh, what I would call much of a handle on them. Um, and for them to disqualify that horse for that, to me, was I, I, I just I can't believe it. In 145 years of racing, it's never happened. And, you know, for them to disqualify that horse, it, I, I couldn't believe I mean, like I said, it clearly crossed over. But I, I just think that you got to take, take every single thing into consideration. And the horse that won, the one that filed the, the claim, discrepancy claim, that actually was second place, which I was for the second place horse because I, I like the underdogs, you know. And uh, 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 so the one, the one that it did, the one that did get uh, bumped into, bumped out of what else, they're not even the ones that filed a complaint. The horse that end up winning, they end up giving the win to, they're the ones that filed a complaint. Now, again, I, I've seen it clearly. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The horse came out of there. But I want to ask, my, my thing is this, is and if anybody's listening that wants to send us in a comment or call and talk to me about it, I wish you would. The number is 657-383-1020 or radio jchawks.com uh, um, is is the fact that if this is NASCAR racing I've, I've watched a lot of racing we'll say a lot but I've watched several races in my life and Dale Earnhardt Dale Earnhardt was the most popular driver ever how many times did he bump people out and win the race yeah, they get mad about it, but there's no rule in it. You know, rubbing is racing. Rubbing is racing. In 145 years, they've never made a change. Now, also I hear that there's an unwritten rule that, that at the Kentucky Derby, you don't file a complaint for no reason if you're a jockey. That's, you know, sort of like the unwritten rule things you hear in about football with all these athletes that, you know, they they get together and, you know, they just don't do. So, you know, I just, and, I, and listen, I'm for getting things right. But to me, on that very day, on that very particular day, had that horse not been clearly the best horse there and he went over in front of everybody and slowed everybody way down and somebody come in from behind and won the race that shouldn't have won it, I would say, yes, that was a terrible, terrible thing. But that horse was clearly the best horse that day in that race. And when that happens, that that was pretty bad to me. I'm just going to tell you that I, I, was, I wasn't shocked when they did it because I know as replay and, and all these other sports, as it goes on, the longer it goes on, the chances of them making the overturn or, or you know, is is pretty much a done deal. So I felt sure the longer it went that they were going to make that change. Um, I I just couldn't believe it, taking everything into consideration. That's that's my whole point. And and two, I mean, whatever happened about you know, like I said, Robin's right. It wasn't like this horse just clearly run somebody plumb out. Now, what it did was crossed over. One horse did sort of maybe had to check up, or at least his nose. But listen, here's the thing. Here's what people don't understand. These horses are not broke well enough that you're just going to take a hold of that sucker and slow him down. They're not made that way, folks. I'm telling you. I've been around horses my whole life, and those thoroughbreds are a different breed of horses. And they just—they don't hardly have a bit in their mouth. They're pretty much out of control. They train them to run in that circle on that rail. They're pretty much out of control. So 
to say, well, he had to slow him down. He didn't slow that horse down. That horse sort of slowed himself down, moved his head over. The jockey might have helped pick his head up and around the rump of the other horse. But to say that that he impeded anybody else from winning the race is the way I would look at the rule. The, the horse did not. So, you know, for me, I was a little upset, um, you know, that took 22 minutes, by the way, to to, define, to figure that out. And, uh, you know, I see, when I seen it first, live first, I knew that, hey, you know, the horse drifted over. But, I mean, since, since when does the lead horse not have the right to move where he wants to? That's my thing. And I guess in racing, I don't know all the rules. But I know as a car, in, in NASCAR or any kind of racing, the leaders, they just jump around from lane to lane, come down to the end, they're blocking other drivers, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're running 200-some miles an hour. I just, you know, to me, I was just a little uh, upset that we we seemed to take I don't know. We seem to take this. Not sure what it is, but you know the re- the replay. It, it clearly, it clear. I guess by by the rule, it probably uh, was a foul. But you know, you you should take everything into consideration, and it definitely was not took into consideration because I'm telling you that. That track was in terrible shape, and uh, if you notice, the only horse that didn't have mud on him was that first horse because he led it from start to finish. The rest of those horses had mud all over them. That's how muddy it was. So, uh, anyway, that's my sort of pet peeve. I've been listening to it all week, and and after that, like I said, I, I if I would have been betting, I would have wanted to bet on him on an underdog horse, uh, you know, the one that had a lot of odds because that's the only way you can win. But I did hear that um, there was millions of dollars lost off that by them overturning that because people had that horse somehow, some way in a in a box deal or a trifecta or, or just all kinds of ways that, you know, they had him winning plus they had it other things, so they're just selling all kinds of ways you can bet on them, and the horse that won it come down to 65 to 1 odds. I would have been tickled had that horse won it outright, the 65 to 1 odds, and I guess if I'd had had a lot of money on him at 65 to 1, I'd have been tickled when they overturned it, but I didn't have anything on either one of them just as a, as a fan of it. I, I thought it was a pretty bad situation, so uh, that's a uh, Sort of, sort of it. I just, you know, wanted to, everybody's been talking about it on all the shows. Uh, you know, the the biggest thing I I heard was, you know, the the unwritten rule. Like, you know, in NASCAR, you know, they got an unwritten rule. You just don't do certain things. And then the jockeys, you know, uh, they're the ones that have to file that claim, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they're out his owners or whatever talking to the building. But anyway, you got any uh, anybody out there wants to talk about anything or uh, whatever, you give us a call at the six five seven three eight three one oh two oh. We'll talk about all kinds of sports. I know Henderson usually calls in and uh her and Steph. Uh, Henderson's also a big NBA basketball fan. She might uh, she might know what's going on in the NBA world. I don't. I don't get to keep up with it as much. We don't have uh, where I live. We don't have direct TV, and the cable don't come back there. So I don't know a, a whole lot that's going on uh, with all these sports and stuff. So uh, I do know that uh, she likes the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks are playing them, and Milwaukee just might have the best. Uh, best player in in NBA right now. I've not even got to see him play. I think his name's Giannis or whatever, but they say his work ethic is second to none. That's something that I can, you know, really appreciate is, is the work ethic. 
I know my my brother took my nephew uh, for Christmas to Boston, and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks come in there and, and played, and uh, they're big basketball fans. And uh, he said he wouldn't believe how big those guys are that, that can play and move like that. And uh, he he was telling me about this Jonas guy about you know when they played in the All Star game that all these guys you know just wanted to load and do this that and the other said that he he wasn't like that said he was serious about really being good and, and playing and and uh, uh, doing things right so I could, I can relate to that I, I like it kind of play you know I'm an old I'm an old basketball fans from years ago when when you had the, the Lakers and Magic Johnson and James Worthy and Kareem and they used to be seemed like every year come down to them and the Boston Celtics and they had that great team with Larry Bird and uh what's the other guy's name? Well there was there was a bunch of them but Kevin McHale and Danny Ainge and Robert Parrish and Dennis Johnson and they had man, it was a battle. It seemed like every single game went down to two or three points or overtime, and it always went seven games. You know, that's back when I I was a basketball fan, and then Michael Jordan comes along, and you know uh, his his work ethic is, is, was second to none as well. And man, I, I loved back then. You know, so I I don't know anything that goes on today. I do know. The Warriors are are pretty good. They uh, I say pretty good lightly. I mean they're good. Don't get me wrong, but they got a bunch of really good players and and can really shoot. So you know that's a uh, 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 that's always a good a good combination. I believe they're tied with the Rockets at two two. So the uh, Rockets have James Harden and Chris Paul. There's two two really good players. I mean James Harden improved his game so much from when he he was the sixth man when he played for OKC when he was on the team with Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook up there he didn't even start he was the sixth man and uh, he goes to Houston I think he's been the MVP a time or two and just locked it up like every night so that guy just really really improved I'm, you know whether he liked these guys or people or not that, thing for me is, is you know, their, their work ethic to improve is great. It's the, you know, it's a lot of that off the court and all the things that they do that, that uh, seem, to, seem to undermine what they do on the floor and get better and that kind of thing. Uh, who else was it uh, I was going to talk about basketball? And I know, well, I'll tell you a story I heard of the other day, a guy talking that uh, LeBron's James, I know Magic Johnson has stepped down or something out there already because I don't think he can get along with LeBron, and they thought LeBron's is going to be the saving grace for the, the Lakers. And uh, all of a sudden, the coach is fired, GM's leaving, uh, you know, and uh, word has it that they're going to get that Tyron Lue guy, the same guy that that LeBron's wanted when he was uh, with Cleveland, you know, and because uh, he, he sort of runs the show. And, you know, they they were talking about was LeBron's going to get on the on the planes and go visit these uh, guys that free uh, agents, you know. They're talking about how much, how much would he be getting on the plane and going and getting them. And I, you know what, I, to me, I'm going to tell you, I've never been a LeBron James fan in my life. Never. Ever. The guy is great. Don't get me wrong. I'd never say he wasn't. I mean, he's, he's an animal. The guy is great. But to me, that that's a disgrace. When, when you give a player that much control over a team, you're, you're asking for trouble. I mean, that's why players play, coaches coach. You know, uh, there's very few teams out there that, uh, you know, the, the players can coach and run the show. Every 
will say this. Every uh, every team, whether it, it be women's football or whatever, when I've seen the players that are the coaches running the show, I'm just saying be personal, okay? Cause there might be some out there, somebody say, oh, I've seen this. I'm saying me personally. It's not went too well. Uh, somebody has to be the person to make the calls that nobody else wants to make. Somebody has to be the person to step in and, and be the bad guy. And, you know, players win games, coaches lose games. That's pretty much the old saying, you know. So if you're, if you're going to – if LeBron is going to coach and, and be the GM, then, you know, why do they need a coach and a GM? You know, why don't they just let him – give him the keys to the airplane, and he's probably got his own plane, but the jet Lakers are on and say, here, go get him. You know, here's the checkbook, go get him. You know, but now I heard that, uh, uh, that like Kevin Durant didn't want to play with him, um, so there, he, he said he didn't want to go play there, so I think there's there's a lot to, to what I'm saying. It's just in a smaller magnitude than, you know, what's what I guess what we could really guess. And I and like I said, I'm not a I'm not a huge NBA fan uh, anymore. I used to be not anymore. Uh I was just told that the Milwaukee Bucks are up three one over the Celtics. Maybe that's why Anderson ain't calling in tonight. She's so hurt and upset that she doesn't wanna she don't wanna talk about herself being being beat down. I don't know. Anyway, that uh that you know, back back in the you you watch today, you watch basketball day. Now these guys are unbelievable today. Like I said, I don't don't get me wrong, I'm not saying any of that. But man, you you take what Jordan Michael Jordan did, you take what Kobe Bryant did, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas, no little old John Stock. I mean, let me tell you a story about John Stockton. A lot of people probably don't know who John Stockton even is. He played for uh, Utah Jazz. Him and Carl Malone. John Stockton, unless somebody has, uh, he was the all-time assist leader uh, forever. True story. He he was on the first first ever dream team. And uh, they they always went together, and this is the story he told. They always went together, and uh, everywhere they went. So him and his him and his wife were over there, and they they wanted to get out and see some see some country and stuff. He just got right out, mingled around, did everything, got on buses, paid his own way, and sat beside everybody. Not one single person knew who he was the whole time. He was he was right, and they said that everybody was talking about NBA players, you know, that were over there, and Michael Jordan, and, and these and that, and you know, here John Stockton is. Nobody even knows who he is, and uh, finally he he gets uh, I don't know the whole story, but he meets back up with the team, and and all these people that are that have been riding with him all day are like, oh man, that guy right there, please basketball, you know, then they're wanting to flog him. So, you know, that's that's the way it is. I mean, the all-time assist leader, one of the top 50 players at that time when they voted top 50 players in the NBA, he was voted as one of them. And you, and you can't get any recognition anywhere. Michael Jordan couldn't even walk out of a motel room because everybody was flogging, you know. that that's That's crazy. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, the guy's great, and I think he's the best ever, but how crazy is that that you can't get any, uh, you can't get anybody to even recognize him. You're the all-time assist leader, one of the top 50 players in the NBA history at that point in time, and uh, that was a story he told on his own. So, you know, that that's how, how it is, is, you know, a lot of these guys don't like the spotlight. They just go, do their job to stay 
stay out of it, stay focused, stay humble, I guess. You know, I see I see all kinds of people use that word, stay focused, stay humble, and they do everything but that. They might stay focused. Staying humble is not in most of the people, or athletes, or anything anymore in vocabulary. I mean, it's all... It's all about me, 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 you know, about how bad we're going to win and what we're going to do and this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, that's back in the day, you know, the, the players would talk amongst them on the floor. You know, they would talk about talk about things, you know, between them. You know, I remember them telling Michael Jordan, you know, Hey, you know, telling coach, you bring somebody on me, you can't guard me. You know, but he wasn't going out here in, in the media before they ever played saying, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, blah, blah, blah. It was a game amongst the game when when the game was going on. You know, I can remember uh, back in the day when, when Larry Bird played for the Celtics, and I, and I couldn't stand Larry Bird because I was a Lakers fan, and he played for the Celtics. And but I can respect the guy, and I love him now uh, as I've gotten older and then I don't pull for a team. But, you know, he made that shot to send the game into overtime. And uh, he told them what he was going to do to do it, and did. And then he, in overtime, almost the same thing come up, and he, he shot the ball and just, just barely – he hit the back iron, but, I mean, it was probably a half inch too long. You know, when you're shooting a three, an NBA three, you're a half inch too long. That's just probably about the thickness of the rim. And, uh, you know, after the game, you know, the the players and coaches, and dang, Larry, we can't believe you missed that. He said, I can't believe you left me that wide open. You know, that that's the way it used to be, you know, he, he goes publicly on there and tells, you know, hey, Magic Johnson's one of the, is the best I've ever seen. You know, you, you don't see stuff like that today. You know, you, you you know it's all about me. Yeah, man, I'm I'm the best. Did you see it out there? Did you see me doing it out there? Sports, have, they've, they've let all this trash talk uh, take over sports. I mean, nobody seems to, to reel this stuff in anymore and, I'm not a fan of it at all. I, now I believe, you know, hey, if you're out there in a battle amongst one another and, and uh, you want to do a little chatting, that's okay. But to do it on all the social media and, and get out here and, uh, you know, publicly dog somebody and uh, talk about you're going to do this and you're going to do that, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. And it happens in every single sport, folks. It's not just one. It's in every single sport. This social media stuff has took everything for me way, way out of bounds. And uh, I'm, I'm old and old school, and I, you know, I like the old way. You know, used to you find out something, you'd find out the day of the game or something. Now you hear everything before it ever gets to the game. So... This is all, all, uh, it ain't going to say new to me. It's been going on for a long time, but it's all different. I will say that because I'm, I'm, I'm not used to that, you know, and I even tell my girls all the time, hey, you know, of course they know I don't do any social media and all that stuff, and, you know, of course I don't have to do it. It ain't, and Jennifer don't have to tell me. As soon as somebody does something, there's three or four players. I find out, you know, just like that. I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, we we stay out of the media here. Uh, we 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 don't need to draw any more attention to ourselves than we've already got. You know, we're uh, we just need to worry about playing. Uh, just play every game, like you know, we're the best we possibly can. Let everything else take care of itself. There's no need to uh, to talk about it, and uh, that's. That's the way I was always raised, the way I was uh, did things and taught when I was young. Is you know you didn't you know people want to talk about respect, you know you want a uh, uh, sportsmanship, sportsmanship. I hear this all the time. 
man's sportsmanship. Most people don't even know what sportsmanship is. Sportsmanship is going out there and playing, in my opinion, playing your game. Whether you win or lose, you play the best you can play. It doesn't matter what happens on the scoreboard. It's not one team's job to stop the other team. It's that team's job to practice and get ready. Now, if you've got a bunch of subs, it was always to me, you know, when I played, I played on a terrible team. These other teams, their third strings was as good as our first string, so it really looked bad. But come halftime, after halftime, the other team would, uh, if they had the ball, they would keep their first stringers in there, and they would either score or keep their first defense in there. After that, then they would start subbing. And they still run their whole offense. And that, to me, that's fine because those people need work too. Because just think if the first stringers go down, second stringers have to fall in there. Six stringers go down, third stringers. And if those people don't get any reps, those people don't get any snaps, they're not going to be ready in game time. You can practice all you want. But when you get in a game, it's way different. So, you know, I'll never forget, you know, we'd have uh, our coaches, you know, would meet with the other coaches. And, uh, listen, other coaches knew that they were going to kill us. And, you know, they'd tell our coach, hey, we're going to play for the first half and the first series after half. No matter what, we're going to play our starters. We're going to play 100%. After that, we're going to start subbing, and we're going to still run our offense. And at the end of the game, they kill you, whatever. You kill them. It don't matter. You walked across the 50. You shook hands, whatever, and you went to your locker room. That's sportsmanship to me. Not getting out here talking on social media before the games, after social media, after you get beat in the middle of the field, you want to start hollering, you just got beat, what do you have to holler about? You know what I mean? You you should hang your head and be ready to get back on the practice field and get better. That to me that's that's sportsmanship, you know. Uh that's that's the way I was always taught. But now, you know, sportsmanship is if if I don't help somebody up, I'm oh I'm not being sportsmanship. Really? ain't my job to help somebody up, you know. It's my job to play to my ability to play a good, clean game, keep my mouth shut, and at the end of the game, walk across through there and shake hands. That's what sportsmanship is, not dogging them on social media, not dogging them before the game on social media or after the game on social media, not uh, you know, throwing the ball at the coach, the opposite coach, or, you know, going over and showing the ball to coach or, you know, intercepting one saying, hey, this is for you. That's not sportsmanship, but they think it is because they don't truly know what it really means. And I see this all the time, folks. It's not just, I mean, it's in every sport, again, like I say, but I see it firsthand in women's football. It's terrible. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't put up with it. Anybody knows that plays for me that I don't condone nor put up that kind of crap, and I'm not ever going to. I don't. Uh, I just don't like it at all. I'm not a fan of it. I'm a fan of you going and playing your hardest and doing your best, and whatever happens, happens. If you win, great, and if you lose, hey, you know what you got to do to get better. You know, clean up mistakes, learn why you lost, figure out why you didn't. You didn't win. All that kind of stuff. There's so much to go that goes on in these uh, in these sports anymore that's overlooked. But sportsmanship is a word threw out there lightly, uh, uh, you know, by people, and I don't take it. Like, you know, I would have a hard time. I'll be honest with you. I would have a hard time giving a sportsmanship award. In our league, uh, to these to these other teams uh, that we play, without playing them multiple times to see, you know exactly how a lot of players are. Because most of them, to me, they they don't know the meaning, true meaning of sportsmanship, and uh, that that's sad. That's that's what uh, you know. That's where we became with all this social media, with all this. 
I everybody saying, oh, I'm the best, look at me, look here. And you're going out there and, you uh, you know, you dunk on somebody and you stare them down or hang on the rim over them for, you know, for three or four minutes or, or whatever. Uh, that, that's one thing I'm going to say about high school. And that's that's something about, uh, like, the refs we use. Um, they they take you serious. I will say this, that good or bad, and, and we listen, every ref crew you, you get somewhere, there's always going to be somebody that's worse than others. But I'm going to tell you something. The refs that we use, they ref high school games, and that's one thing about high school. They don't let that talk stuff get out of hand. And, buddy, they... Uh, they keep stuff in control, these refs that we use, because they, they're used to refing these high school games. They don't, uh, you know, they'll, they'll uh, throw penalties on you, throw you out. They, I mean, I've uh, been using these guys for five years now, and, uh, hey, they put penalties on me for over, you know, talking to them, challenging calls, and, and this, that, and other. Uh, I say, hey, you know, hey, that's enough. You know, we you got one more guy out here, so they're they're strict, and 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 they should be. I mean, they they do take a lot of abuse, uh, you know, because in a tight game, you're you're questioning every call. You know, in a game, you might be winning big, you're questioning why are they not getting called for this? We, you know, listen, you're up by fifty, or you know, or you're getting called for it, and so. You know, I, I can't appreciate the seriousness of it because they they try to keep control of the game. And that, that part I do really like. And I, uh, I wish that every every single ref crew that was used throughout women's uh, football would, would be that way because I think that would only make us all better. So, and we don't see that as much. You know, we see these players jawing with these refs. You know, I heard a thing I heard a thing the other day that uh, it used to be that only captains, you know, could even speak to a ref. Now every every time something bad goes on, you got somebody hollering or challenging the ref. You know, and it used to be that only the captains when they when the ref asked you, Hey, who's the captain? And you tell them those were the only people they would even speak to. Those were the only them and the coaches were the only people that could even speak. And Lord, now you get ever, you know, everybody on the team. You know, uh, something goes wrong, they're out there questioning, and and so many. And another thing, so many of these uh, <coughs> coaches and players to boot. Don't even know all the rules, you know. They're saying, "Well, it ain't this, that, and other." I mean, it clearly, it clearly is, you know. So, you know, another thing, you, you should know the rules before you, before you go to challenging or asking or questioning. Hey, what's going on? Because it it looks pretty bad when you don't even know the rules when you're questioning the ref, and that's what he, uh, I can say, he does for a living. But he he does it a lot on on Friday nights, so. And it and it happens with me. I mean, I'll just tell you, I didn't, you know, <clears throat> forever didn't know that uh, a pass interference is a spot foul, you know, and it's not necessarily a a first an automatic first down. Uh, that happened to us last year, but I didn't know that and early in the year. And then, uh, you know, now I know, and it already came up once this year, you know, about. Uh, because it's a spot foul, and if the spot is further than the first down, then it's first down. But if it's shorter, then you just get that yards and play the down, you know. And and I didn't know that until last year early. I challenged it, and, you know, it actually um, it was a fourth down call in a game, you know, that uh, it happened in the end zone, and I thought it would uh, – you know, be an automatic first down, and it was. So, you know, it was fourth down when it happened, so it just moved the ball closer and repeated the down. So I had to learn a lot myself, and I'm still learning a lot, but they still change these rules from time to time and, and that kind of stuff. So 
uh, I, I have a lot to learn, but I, I would challenge, you know, these coaches on these teams to uh, learn the rules better and notify their players and, and let them know the rules better because, man, every every single time something something happens that don't go these teams' way, they're complaining to the refs. So they're, uh, you know, bashing the refs for this or that. And, uh, you know, they do, like I said, they do make some bad calls, and they're, they're human. Maybe in the position they're in, they thought they could, you know, see something they didn't see. At that point, I wish they'd let it go. But, you know, they do what they do. So, uh, it, it is, but it, it, it's our responsibility to, to, to know these rules and uh, try to be, and I know everybody's probably listening, you know, may try to be respectful to them. And, you know, I, I get I get irate at these games because a lot of stuff that I see is clearly BS or, or a bad call. And some of them you can't even talk to about it. You know, you can't you can say something to them. They're just ready because they've been questioned or so much along down the line that they're just ready to throw a flag. You know, some of them you can't even talk to about it. You know, a game I got kicked out of, for questioning the call, and, uh, you know, it was an illegal procedure call. And what it was was the, the wide receiver covered up the tight end, okay? That's only an illegal procedure if the tight end goes out for a pass. The tight end stays in blocks. It's, it's, not, it's not illegal because that just means there was more, everybody was on the line of scrimmage. And that's exactly what happened. As soon as the play started, they didn't even see if the tight end was going to go out for a pass. They just assumed they were and threw the flag. Well, when you clearly watched on film, the tight end was staying in blocks and never even went out for a pass. It ended up, it didn't cost us a game, but what it did, it was fourth down and 10. We ended up, and this happened two years ago, it was fourth and 10. We gained 11 yards. We would have had the ball first and 10 driving at that time we were only down by six with like five or six minutes to go in the fourth quarter so we were clearly still in the game uh that would have put the ball about our own 40 so we we were still in the game and and driving and uh which they brought that back was illegal procedure five yards that made it replayed it down made it fourth 15 I got, they called me a 15-yard penalty on me, which made it 4th and 30. And then they they threw me out another 15-yard, which made it 4th and 45, which was half distance. I mean, they moved it back to about like five-yard line, you know. Uh, But it clearly, 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 you know, was not, was not the, the right call from them because they just assumed that the tight end was going to go out for a pass when when they did. And that's that's the part, you know, that that I didn't understand or don't like. You couldn't even talk to the guy about it to explain, hey, our tight end didn't go out for you know, for pass. And I told everybody on the way home, I for the game though, we end up losing the game. Um I got kicked out. I apologized to the girls, and I, you know, said, "Hey, I'm I'm never going to be sorry for for going to for having your back." And I said, "When we watch this film, if I'm wrong, if I'm clearly wrong, then I'll admit it. And then the next time I see this guy, I'm gonna apologize." But after I watched the film, I was reassured more that you know I was right. So it it happens. Uh, you know, you're just in the heat of the moment. You. You lose control. You got to do better. I, I know I do. I've got to uh, try to try to control my emotions. I get caught up in those things and, and argue with them. And a lot of times they 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 don't call a lot of stuff they should. I mean, when you watch them, there's so much stuff that's not being called that they could call. So, uh, I guess you know we just got to be. Uh, more thoughtful of the process going on, I guess, would be a better way to, to describe it. Well, I guess if nobody's going to call in and, and talk tonight, I'm going to get off here early. I've got a lot of 
trucking to do and traveling to get done to five in the morning. And, uh, for all you mothers out there, uh, next time we have a show Mother's Day, well, it's already been. I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day uh, early, uh, special day, you know, for for all you mothers. And uh, I had a I had a great mother for for several years, and uh, she died early, 58, several years ago, and I miss her every day. Uh, she supported me in everything I ever did, and uh, that that's key. I mean, it doesn't matter what it was, she she supported me in, and, uh, you know, there's so many still great mothers out there. We actually have several on our team, um, you know, they bring their kids with them. I mean, I hear all the time, you know, excuses for people why they shouldn't play. We have girls on the team that have several kids that work two jobs and, and still play, you know, so uh, my hat's off to them. Hey, I, my hat's off to anybody that wants to follow and pursue your dreams, but when when you're in a family and you have kids and, and mates and, and all this stuff that you have to take care of and you still find time to do something that you love and give give everything you can to that sport, hey, my hat's off to you and I have nothing but, but respect for you. So, again, to all you mothers out there, happy Mother's Day early. Um, next Tuesday, maybe we'll have some people call in. I'll have some. Uh, I didn't even have the list of the players of the week with me this week, so sort of had to leave on spur of the moment. I thought I was going to get gone earlier today, and my load wasn't ready. So, um, Ian, he quit early, but uh, nobody didn't call in. I guess Henderson staff, they was, they was busy, or Henderson might be licking her wounds. Boston went down 3-1. to one. But Nevertheless, thank everybody for listening. Thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network. Uh, again, and uh, next Tuesday, see what we can drum up then. Thanks.